Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Push Through Podcast. I'm your host, Keisha Reeves. I'm a licensed professional counselor with a group practice here in Atlanta, Georgia, where I specialize in women as well as maternal mental health. Here on the podcast, we'll talk about womanhood, motherhood, and a little bit of everything in between. So sit back, relax, and enjoy a quick chat with me. And don't they let me when I Thank you guys for joining me for another episode of the Push Through Podcast, and I am so delighted to have my next guest, which is Felicia Winter. Hey, Felicia. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me on, Keisha. Thank you. Have you been on a podcast before? No, I haven't. This is actually my first one, so I'm pretty excited. Uh, Yay! Okay, so (laughs) I know you because you are the wife of my husband's good friend, but for those that are listening, tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay. Um, Yes, I am a wife. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I've been married since 2015. I have two children, one little girl that's two years old Mm. and a son that is six years old. He'll be seven soon. Um, I'm a teacher, a real estate agent, a student and everything else in between. So I'm pretty busy, but um, I managed to juggle. So that's me. (laughs) Okay. So where are you originally from? I was originally born in Brooklyn, New York, um, but my parents moved to Atlanta when I was about five years old. Hmm. Um, My parents are from Jamaica, so we definitely still have a lot of that West Indian culture in us, um, even though, you know, we've been in America for a while now. Um, It's just definitely embedded in us, so I kind of think of myself as Jamaican, I would say. Oh, (laughs) Jamaican. But I've been living in Atlanta since I was five. Okay. Do you remember what it was like growing up in New York at all since you left when you were five? No, not really. I mean, all I can, you know, a few pictures may jog memories, but I don't really have much recollection of life in New York. Okay. And then what was it like being raised in a West Indian household? Um, you know, it's so difficult to explain that because I don't know anything different. So to me, it was mm. it's all just normal. But I mean, I guess I could say my parents were definitely strict. Um, <laughs> I couldn't go to, you know, parties or people's houses, you know, when everyone was going out in high school, they knew not to invite me because (laughs) I couldn't go. I spent a lot of time in church, definitely. I mean, I was there for the Friday youth service, the Sunday service, and (laughs) Wednesday Bible study, Sunday afternoon service. I definitely was in church all the time. Um, But with that, which was cool, I... Um, started dancing and so I had a, a dance ministry hmm. at church for about years we traveled all over the United States and really? outside of the country and um, did performances and things so I think you know that kind of helped because had I not been at church all the time I probably wouldn't have done that so that was cool um, but other than that just the culture of it um, the food uh, my mom and my dad always cooked you know just the traditional Jamaican food oxtail rice and peas that was like a typical mm. Sunday dinner um, curry chicken things like that and then of course the music my dad is a music lover Mm. so he always played um caribbean music he didn't just always play reggae he played soca calypso or any other music you can think of so all of that just kind of sums up you know my upbringing as a west indian or a jamaican cool okay 
so, and I ask everybody who comes on the show on um, this question, um, being a woman or growing up as a girl, um, sometimes we have the idea of ourselves like being maternal, like having a baby doll or when we become in our young adult years, we'll think about like life when we have children. And then for some other women, they may feel like, oh, I never really saw myself as a mom. I kind of just like stumbled into it and it just happened for me. What was it like for you? I definitely was one that always saw myself as a mom. Um, you know, to think of where that idea or notion may have come from, I'm not 100% sure. I just knew that that's something that I wanted to do. Um, as a matter of fact, I've always, always said that I wanted to have three children. That was hmm. my thing. Um, but now after having one and then two, I'm like, oh, I think I'm good. Um, but, but I did always want to be a mom. And I mean, I could definitely probably attribute it to just, you know, seeing how my mom was and, and enjoying that time, you know, with her kind of being able to go to the mall with my mom or, or whatever it is that we did. Like I wanted that to be something that I also was able to share with my children. Um, you know, when my mom got me ready for prom, like she did my makeup and, you know, just kind of having that experience with a daughter or something that I always wanted to have. So, you know, going to, to games and stuff, because I'm also, um, I did say I was a teacher. So, you know, just going to basketball games, just kind of being around kids all the time. You just kind of feel like you want to nurture and just make sure that you are rearing some really great individuals that are going to carry it on and, you know, be productive members of society. So that's just something that's always been in me. Nice. Who were your maternal influences growing up? <clears throat> my mother, definitely. Um, and I would definitely say my aunt. Uh, and then, I mean, to be quite honest, I don't know how cliche this may sound, but just certain TV shows. Like, mm. I used to love watching Nick at Night. <laughs> you know, mm, Nick at too. Night had all the shows with the moms and the families and just kind of seeing um like the bill cosby show claire huxable was my girl yeah. um you know she kind of reminds me of my mom a lot hmm. um so kind of things like that just kind of helped me i guess navigate to the type of mother i could see myself being um just like i said my mom being strict i don't know that i would be that strict with my children mm -hmm. but just kind of taking some of it i learned why i couldn't go certain places i understood then why she wouldn't allow me you know to go out after a certain time like it makes sense now but as a younger child or teenager i just didn't get it but i get it now so you know those yeah. type of influences my aunt um she actually just moved here a couple of years ago but whenever i would visit her she, she lived in new york um, and I remember thinking it was the weirdest thing, but whenever my cousin and I wanted to go out, my aunt did not allow us to ride with anyone else. She was going to drop us off uh -huh. and it didn't matter how late we were going to come <laughs> back. She said, call me and I will come get you. And she would come out of her bed to come get us wherever we were. Um, and I thought it was interesting, mm -hmm. but I understand why, you know, now being older, you just see so much happening in yeah. the world. And you see so many people who, um, just have ill intent towards children and people in general. Yeah. So just to kind of see her her being actively involved in not only her children's life, but her niece's life. And just like, you know what, no matter where you are, I'm going to come get you. Call me. She's always there. All of that just kind of helped me to mold who I feel like I want to be as a mother. Yeah, I love that. And it, like, since you brought up like Claire Huxtable, I can definitely um, see that even for myself. Because I felt like with Claire... 
she was so gorgeous and like her clothes were so cute and she had four kids and was it four or five did she yeah, have and five she <laughs> was, no first started she had four but they sprang a fifth one on us yeah. <laughs> i do she, remember that yeah she had these five kids and this husband that just adored her and they did all these mm. like fun things together and yeah i just love that so yeah. i i totally agree um okay so you have your oldest um who is about to turn seven how was it for you when you got pregnant with him? Um, was it something you were super excited about? Did you have to kind of uh, adjust to the idea of like, you know, like this is this is super cool. I'm having a baby, but oh shit, what did I get myself into? Or what was that experience like for you? It was definitely a oh shit, what did I get myself into? <laughs> <laughs> um, because... At that moment, it was a huge, huge transitional moment in my life. And I wasn't thinking about kids at the time mm. at all. Um, just to kind of give you a little context, I had just moved from Albany, Georgia, where I had been working for about four years. Mm. Um, I moved back in with my parents because it was a transitional period. Um, my Well, then my boyfriend, which is my husband now, had just lost his father um 2013 the summer 2013 his father passed uh he was living in miami um we actually he he proposed to me in october 2013 so it was kind of like i was on cloud night Ooh, i'm engaged but it was still kind of shaky because i knew he was going through so much mentally and emotionally i had just moved in started a new job i was living with my mom like i said and my dad um so it was just a transitional period i'm working out trying to you know get cute because i just got engaged and then literally a month later i find out that i'm pregnant <laughs> like mm. no that november so we got engaged october november found out i was pregnant like i said his dad passed in july so it was just um so much going on so for me i i feel like it wasn't that it wasn't diagnosed but i feel like i definitely was in some sort of depression um, mm. then because I felt like my life that I thought was about to flourish or take off just kind of came to an abrupt halt. I also forgot to mention too, in October, I had just started school. I had started my doctoral program. Mm. Um, so all that was happening. And then I find out in November, it was around Thanksgiving that I was pregnant. Um, so like I said, I just felt like everything just came to a crashing halt and I wasn't expecting it. Um, the only, I guess, solace for me in that moment or um was that I was engaged so I didn't feel like mm, mm -hmm. you know you know like the the single mom or the baby mama or whatever because mm -hmm. like the way I grew up everything was church everything was you know your parents are married this is how you do it um so it just kind of threw off my plan for life so it took me a while to kind of get out of that I cried a lot um mm. because like I said my guest fiance at the time then was still living in Miami. So it's not like we were living together or even could even figure out what plans we had to move into the same state. Yeah. Um, so it was just so much going on. I just remember at night just being in my bedroom and my parents, I'm just crying, like trying to figure out what to do with myself. Um, so that was kind of tough. But I would say probably around, let's say five months into it, I kind of got myself together and just kind of really started to get excited about um, the future, um, kind of putting things into perspective of how we should move forward. And now, like, I couldn't imagine my life without my son. Like, he <laughs> is the best thing ever. I couldn't imagine life without him, but it was a rocky start. 
I mean that, yeah. I, sometimes like things like that do happen where you get thrown this curveball. Cause I always like to say, um, you're not planning to get pregnant, but you're not preventing it either. So <laughs> whatever you want to call that, and then when it when it happens, it's like just kind of adjusting to what you have and and figuring yeah. it out. How was the pregnancy physically? Um, it wasn't too bad. Until towards the end, I was so swollen. I mean, it's so funny because, you know, you take pictures and sometimes your phone kind of reminds you of Mm. pictures you've taken from whenever. And I had come across a picture that I had taken towards the end of my pregnancy and I was so swollen. I mean, my feet were huge. Mm. I could press my hand in it Mm. and you could see my handprint just kind of embedded in Mm. my foot. So if you can kind of imagine what that may look like. Um, And so that kind of worried me because I had never seen myself be so big. I had gained uh, 60 60 something pounds, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, Of course, you know, that's definitely the biggest I've ever been. So all of that was in my mind. How am I going to get ready for a wedding and be, you know, Mm. huge or huger than I had ever been in my life? Um, And I remember too, because my feet were so swollen after maybe about seven months, I could not wear any shoes, like Mm. no shoes at all. I was still working. So I had to get flip-flops just to, you know, the flip-flops they sell at Old Navy for $2. (laughs) Those are the ones I had to wear. Those (laughs) are the only ones that, you know, were stretchy enough to be able to fit my feet um, in it. So everyone was kind of worried about, you know, preclampsy and things like that because Mm -hmm. of how swollen I was. Um, And a story, I don't want to jump too far ahead, but it's kind of flowing into it. A part of me being swollen when I went in for delivery, my plan was to get an epidural. Well, the um, was it the anesthesiologist? I believe that's who mm-hmm. does an epidural. Yeah. He came in and he had to stick me. But I don't know if you know how long that needle is. Yeah. They stick it into your spine. Had to stick me, I believe, like six or seven oh times. Oh my gosh! <laughs> to get it because he was saying that I was just so swollen. He could not find the oh spot. Oh, my now. goodness. I have eyebrow raised. I mean, this is what you do as a professional. Right. You to find someone's spine. But, I mean, that just kind of goes to show how swollen I was during that pregnancy. And I don't know what it was what it was attributed to at all. Wow. Okay. Okay. Well, be, with that being said, um, when you did go into labor, tell us a little bit about your labor and delivery experience. Um. I remember very vividly, I had just moved into my house. So um, like I said, carrying on the story of my husband being in, or my fiance being in Miami, we bought a house here um, in Atlanta. It was in McDonough, Henry County. Um, So we had purchased a house out there and we had just closed the week before. Uh, My son was supposed to be due, I believe July 15th, I think, but he came early. He's July 8th. So Um, My husband hadn't moved down yet and we had just moved in. So I was in the new home. Um, I wasn't by myself. I remember his, my husband's mom, my mother-in-law, or, you know, at the time, just her mom, his mom was in the house um, and I was sleeping on an air mattress because we just moved. Mm -hmm. And I just felt like just intense 
pain. Like, I was just like, what is going on? Because I didn't know what to expect. Like, mm. so many times you see these movies and see, you know, these things and you're like, oh, you're definitely going to know. Your water's going to break. It's going to be this gush. You're going to know yeah. it's time for labor. Mm-hmm. None of that happened for me. Like, I just felt a pain. Like, I didn't know what it was. Um, and I'm like, do I have to go to the bathroom or, you know, I know my period couldn't be coming on, but it felt like cramps, you know, just kind of confused. Um, and it was probably like maybe four o'clock in the morning. Um, and I remember calling him, he was at work cause he worked overnight and said, Hey, you know, my stomach's hurting. I'm not sure what's going on. And he was like, I think you're late. Go to the hospital. I said, well, let's calm down. Let me call my mom first. And see what's going on. <laughs> so I called my mom and my mom was like, just come over to my house. <laughs> I'm like, okay, cool. So probably like around six 30, seven o'clock. I was like, well, let me just get myself up and go to my mom's house. So me and my mother-in-law went over to my mom's house and I just kept feeling the pain. Mm-hmm. So my mom's like, I think you're about to have the baby. Let's just call the doctor. So I called the doctor. You know, they always say to time it. So we timed it. It definitely started getting closer together. Um, so we headed over to the hospital and it was the funniest thing. Like, of course, like I said, Conrad was at work in Miami <laughs> <laughs> did he pharmacy. drive he didn't drive up did he did he drove no he flew but oh. it was so crazy because you know he didn't get off work until about i think maybe eight o'clock in the morning or something i think that his shift was maybe 8 p.m 8 a.m mm-hmm. he closed down the pharmacy like you know normally they're like you know wait until we have someone to cover you or something he did not care he uh. pulled it down he he flew to the airport like literally like drove to the airport like he was on fast and furious <laughs> First ticket out of there, and before he got to the hospital, literally the same time as we got to the hospital. What? Oh wow! Like literally the same time we got there from my mom's house when he got there. I'm just like, I don't know how he did that, but he got there so fast. Um, so that was an experience um in itself, and I told you about the epidural, so that was tough. Um. It was very very painful. I remember very vividly how painful that was, and um. My mom was, you know, getting upset, of course, because she's just like, you know, you should not have to stick her that often. And then seeing me in pain just kind of had everybody up in arms. So that was like the situation. But after that, everything I would say was smooth after that. Um, I don't remember. There were no other, you know, complications or anything that I can think of. Mm-hmm. I was fortunate enough to know a midwife that worked at the hospital very mm. personally. So she came and, you know, kind of stayed with me for her entire shift, which oh, was nice. very helpful and comforting for me as well. Cause at least I knew somebody who worked there who was experienced with delivering babies for over 50 years. Like she was an older woman. So I felt really safe and comfortable knowing that she was there to look out for me um, during that process. So after, after that whole epidural situation, everything was smooth, honestly. Oh, that's awesome. That's yeah. great. Okay. So then what was postpartum like for you? Like after you got home, you had settled, you're a first time mom. Do you feel like, and obviously you had support. You had your mom, you had your mother-in-law, you had your husband, then boyfriend. How how was it for you? Do you feel like it, it kind of flowed easily or were there any challenges? Um, there were, there were definitely challenges. I mean, I feel like, I mean, I can't speak for everybody else, but I just know for me, I wasn't prepared. Mm -hmm. Um, just, I wasn't prepared. I just feel like so many times 
people who have, you know, women who have babies, like, oh, everything was lovely, you know, my sweet bundle of joy. Mm -hmm. But for me, it wasn't like that immediately. I did not know what to do with the child. Like, I, I didn't know. <laughs> like, I had no idea. Um, you know, you they, they cry. You have to figure out why they're crying. Are they hungry? Are they tired? Are, are they wet? Like, what's going on? And it just became so much. Um, you know, my mom was definitely a good help. Um, but I do feel like I also still kind of fell into some undiagnosed, um, I don't want to keep using the word depression. I'm not quite sure what else to call it, but it was definitely different for me. Um, I know my husband's probably going to kill me, but I know a part of it was my mother-in-law being there. Mm. I, it, it, it wasn't as comforting as I think she anticipated it to be mm -hmm. for me. Mm -hmm. I will say that. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a part of why I had such a problem um, adjusting. I, I wasn't comfortable, yeah. if that makes sense. That um, makes sense. And I was still in my new house. My mom would come visit, but I was still by myself because, you know, my husband still, he had to go back to Florida. Like, yeah. he had to go back to work. So it was just me and the baby trying to figure out what to do with each other, yeah. <laughs> really. Um, and then, you know, babies wake up in the middle of the night and, you know, you're tired and, I was just sitting there. I remember times just me and him just crying because I didn't know what to do. And he didn't, you know, he don't know. So we're just me and the baby just crying in the middle of the night because I wasn't sure what to do. I did breastfeed. Um, so that helped, you know, comforting him at times. But depending on what he was crying about, you know, that wasn't always going to be the solution. So just kind of this trial and error, trying to figure that out amongst, you know, trying to get adjusted with other things was kind of difficult. Mm -hmm. No, I mean, I, I totally relate. Same experience I had with Ezra. David worked two hours away, 12 hour shifts. I was by myself. Ezra wow. was colic. I was sleep deprived. I had no idea what to do. I was depressed and, mm -hmm. and had anxiety. Yeah. And, um, and I get it. Like even with like in-laws sometimes, like for some people, like they're very fortunate where, that relationship is just like supernatural and it just works. And then for some, it is kind of like you're out of your comfort zone. It still ain't your mama. And it's right. just different, you know? <laughs> right. That's exactly right. You, look, you hit the nail in the head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, how, how do you feel like you got through it? Um, I, I trial and error. Uh, just to be completely honest, just trial and error. I, I, and then, of course, I, my mom helped me a lot, too. Sometimes I would just come stay at her house because, you know, there was no point in me being all the way over there by myself when she could help me here. Mm -hmm. and, and I'm saying here because I'm actually in her house now. <laughs> Stop by. But she could help me at her house. Um, so I just kind of came over here and... That I feel helped me because even though she was still working and stuff, like when she got home, she can kind of give me a break, and she just seemed like she knew exactly what she was doing. Mm, <laughs> like mm -hmm. the baby would be crying, and I'd give it to her, and she just whatever she did, whatever patting or whispering she did, and he would just stop. So I think just her and just trial and error definitely helped a lot. Awesome. Okay, so then how would you compare your first time experience with your second? with the pregnancy and labor and delivery? Um, my second was definitely more smooth. Um, the funny thing is, though, my, my daughter, she 
I didn't know I was pregnant with her until I had completed my first trimester. What? Um, I had no idea. Like, I didn't gain any weight. I wasn't nauseous. I I mean, nothing. Like, all the symptoms that you would, you would hear about, I had none of the above. All I had was I was just tired. Mm-hmm. But I was also doing a lot, too. So I just attributed it to me being busy and just needing to to get some rest. But um, the fact that I was just always so tired, I was like, what in the world is going on? So I scheduled an appointment just to get a physical with my, you know, general family practitioner. Mm -hmm. And um, it was the funniest thing. The lady came in and she said, oh, uh, we got the answer to why you're so tired. I'm thinking the ladies are going to tell me that I have iron deficiency, (laughs) (laughs) I am anemic, or I was was prepared for anything but you're pregnant. Anything but that I was prepared for. And when she told me, I I didn't believe her. I said, no, ma'am, I'm sorry. You got to go check that again. Um, You need to go pay me another cup, or you know, how does this work? And she was just like, no, ma'am, like, you are, like, I, I can show you. Like, no, I'm not. I'm sorry. I think you may have. I mean, I really was having a debate with her because I did not believe it. Um, she was like, well, if you don't believe me, you can definitely go get checked out on your own. I'm like, okay. Um, so I went to my gynecologist and when he told me, I still didn't believe it. Mm. I mean, I was just like, you know, sometimes I've seen that there are false pr- positive pregnancy <laughs> readings, you know, because I was really, really like in disbelief. It, it was to the point where he said, you know what? I don't even work this ultrasound machine, but I am going to figure it out so I can show you what? that you are indeed pregnant. And that's how I ended up finding out exactly how far along I was that I was literally done with my first trimester. Wow. Um, you know how to do the measurements and everything. And it was just like, what? Wow. So that also hit me like a ton of bricks because I was not prepared um, I was going through so much emotionally and with my relationship. It was just a lot going on at that time. So it definitely came out of nowhere. Yeah. But um, it was a smooth pregnancy. I still definitely gained a lot of weight. I think I still gained about 50 to 60 pounds with her as well. Um, and I remember just having heartburn all the time. Like, oh, my God, I couldn't lay down at all. I always had to sit up because um, anytime I lay down, it was just horrible. Um, but outside of the heartburn, I didn't swell like I did with with Ace. It was it was fine after after the initial shock, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it went by quickly, of course, because um, <laughs> the fact that it went by so quick, the fact that I found out so late, it went by quickly. And another thing to note too, the re- the reason why I was in such disbelief, and so this might make a little more sense now, is that I was taking birth control. I was on birth control. Uh, uh, yeah, it's not like I was just out here living, <laughs> you know, wild and free. Like I was on birth control. So it could just confuse me. Like yeah. I'm taking these pills. So I'm trying to figure out how, how am I three months pregnant? Um, and that's one of the other reasons why. So because of that, I, now everything's kind of coming back to me because of that. I had to also see a specialist in in addition to my regular gynecologist. So I was literally at the doctor's office every week oh. um, or every other week because I think every month I had to go back to the gynecologist. And then in between that, I would be going to the specialist. They had to constantly do like monitor checks, heart checks and things like that because I was on the birth control and they just wanted to make sure that it didn't harm the baby or mm. the baby's growth in any way. Wow. Um, so that was kind of difficult having to take off work and be driving back and forth doing that often. But yeah. thankfully, you know, everything turned out fine. Of course, as soon as I found out, I stopped taking the birth control. Um, and needless to say, I'm definitely not using that birth control again. Um, I know. You was about to be on. I didn't think I was pregnant. 
right? Those people who have the baby in the toilet. I know. Going, what in the world? Um, but yeah, so that's that's how that went. And then as far as the delivery process, I almost had her in the back seat of my mom's car. Mm. Yeah, she came quickly. I had that same plan to have um, the epidural. However, she was not going to wait. I had her naturally because they said by the time I got to the hospital, I didn't have time. Like they said, this girl is on the way. Like we don't have time for anything. Just sit here. And literally I wasn't even in the hospital for 45 minutes and she was here. Cause I, I was if I had waited any longer, I would have had that baby on I-20. Oh my God. So, well then how, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so to go back, did you have contractions or did you feel, did your water break or like, or no, I it? still didn't have the water break situation. The water broke as I was in the hospital, in the uh, delivery room, right? When she, like, literally it broke when she was here. Like, it wasn't, like I said, what you see in the movies yeah. and you have time to prepare. Like, right. oh, I have the baby bag. Yeah. It wasn't any of that. Like, it was literally, I was sitting down. I remember um, my husband and I were in the room. We had just put Ace to sleep, and we were probably getting ready to watch a movie or show or something. And so I was like, ah, oh, my stomach hurts. What's that? <laughs> um, and I'm like, maybe, I don't know, maybe it's another cramp. Because I had gone to the hospital maybe two months prior because of Braxton Hicks. contractions. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, I'm thinking, well, maybe it's happening again. Mm, who knows? Because she was a little bit early, too. Um, not not as early as Ace, but a little bit early. Um, so I was like, maybe that's what it is. No biggie. So we just kind of timed it. And then it just went literally from, like, the saying zero to 100. Mm. It, there was no progression. Like, with Ace, I had him at 9 p.m. So from 4 in the morning to 9 p.m., I was having contraction. There was, like, a progression. With mm. her, the contractions came maybe at 11 p.m. Mm. And by one in the morning, that's two hours span. She was here. Wow. Um, so did you I, even I, have, have, did you have epidural? No. M- remember they said I didn't have time. Like, that oh, yeah. Cause it, yeah. <laughs> like, wow. Oh, he's here. We can't do that. And as soon as she said that, she was like, it's time to push. And the little girl came out. I had no drugs or anything. That one was natural. Wow. That is, yeah, yeah wow. Okay. Um, all right. So then when you came home with her, and of course, like you've, you know, you've been down this road before, you are a little bit more confident knowing what to do. How was postpartum experience the second time? Um, I definitely knew what to do. Mm-hmm. I will say that um, that part was a lot easier. Uh it was different because I felt settled. And the funny thing is, it's so funny because remember when I had Ace, we had just moved into the house. Mm-hmm. Right when I found out I was pregnant with her, we had just moved into our other house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like, maybe we need to stop moving. <laughs> um, but um, I was a little more settled the second time around. Uh, so that was a little easier. Um, my mom still definitely came over to help a lot. Um and this time, Conrad took off work, I think, about a couple of weeks or so, maybe about two weeks or so to just kind of help get acclimated. So it was a lot different mm-hmm. than the first round. The first round, I felt like I was doing a lot by myself. But this time, I felt like I had more more help. And Ace being 
the older brother, he was so sweet and so helpful. Anything you needed him to do, he was ready um, to help for his little sister. So I thought that was really good too. That was really helpful um, for me. So it wasn't, it wasn't as big of a shocker transition. Um, I think for me, it was just, just after that, just feeling stuck. I think just feeling stuck. Everyone else is able to move about yeah. and I'm just like here all day long in the mm-hmm. house with this baby. And it's like springtime mm-hmm. and summertime and I'm just sitting here. I'm like, what are we going to do? Mm-hmm. I didn't want to take her out, um, you know, to go to the stores or anything. This is 2019. So it was pre-COVID, but I still didn't want to really take her out anywhere. All we did, we did a lot of walks. I would go on the trail. We have this trail um, close to my house and I would just go there and walk with her. And that was kind of my outlet, just kind of get out of those four walls. Mm-hmm. Um but outside of that, it wasn't it wasn't as shocking once she got here as it was with Ace. That's understandable. Mm-hmm. Um, so now that you've, you know, it's been, because Brooklyn is how old now? Is she two? Oh, yeah, she's yeah. two. Okay, so two years removed from the last one and then almost seven years. So you've like been in this motherhood game for a minute now. I am a firm believer that our children choose us. And specifically even for Ezra, because when I had Ezra, life was just insane. Like um, just everything in my personal life, career, um, we had just moved. Uh, My husband was away. It was just like, just crazy. But I definitely am so grateful that I had him because of just like his temperament and how Mm -hmm. he grounded me and how he was kind of like an anchor to help me get through all of these just difficult challenges in my life. Mm -hmm. And and what it did for me just as a woman, as I grew and just learned so much about myself, what do you feel like from your own experience, motherhood, how has it changed you and what have you learned? I definitely would say that... (laughs) It has changed me in the the fact of being proactive. Um, you know, a lot of times I remember just kind of dealing with the issue when it gets there type thing. Um, but having kids made me understand the importance of preparation, the importance of planning um, to make sure that not that you're expecting anything to happen or go wrong, but in the event that it does, you are definitely prepared. Um, and just... Not even just with the kids. You know, having kids, you have to make sure, okay, do I have enough bottles? Mm-hmm. Make sure I have pipes, I have diapers, I have all these things, change of clothes, um, anything. You got that. But then it kind of spills over into other aspects of life and just understanding that preparation is definitely key. Um, you don't want to be caught off guard. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that has definitely helped me being a mother, just kind of understanding the importance of that. Um, and it's funny how you mentioned Ezra um, and his temperament being like that calming spirit. That's how my son is mm-hmm. um, with all that that was going on. Like he was still real chill. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. anyone who met him thought that it, he was literally a grown man in a baby's <laughs> body because, you know, you'll put him down and he'll watch the game. He'll watch <laughs> basketball, football, like one of the guys and he wouldn't fuss or anything. Like he would just go with the flow. Like mm-hmm. it is what it is and he'll be fine. You can take him anywhere. And people say, I didn't know there was a child there. You know, because he was just that, you know, <laughs> um, type of person. But then it's, and that was what I needed at that time. Mm-hmm. And it's so interesting because my daughter, Brooklyn, is the complete opposite. <laughs> I mean, the complete. We call her the turn up kid. Like she 
is the one to get the party started. You put on music, she's dancing. Um, it doesn't matter where you are, what you're doing, she's ready. Um, she's the one on top of the couch, jumping off, flipping upside down. Um, and my son, he, he wasn't that. Like, he just was just real chill. Like, he mm. liked to play with his toys. He might do, you know, play with the ball or the bat or whatever he had, but he wasn't flipping and dancing and running. And my daughter, she's a complete opposite. So <laughs> I think now that's helpful for me because I, I want to stay, and I'm not old or anything, I'm 35, and I want to just make sure I stay, though, like really young and, and hip and, and, you know, some people just kind of settle into mm-hmm that motherhood and now there's something some something or someone completely different than who they were prior to the kids and i that's what i don't want to do there's nothing wrong with evolving but i don't want to change yes. to a completely different person just because i have kids i don't right. want to just be brooklyn and ace's mother right you know what i, mean? I want to be felicia with two kids right right Which <laughs> if is, that makes sense i think it's a great segue to my next question i was telling you this the last time i saw you of how I love scrolling your Instagram because I think that it is so like it's it's a a prompt in one instance and it's also inspiring because I always see you you know you go out with your friends and you get dressed up and you travel I think it was for your birthday you did like a great photo shoot and um you're just like always doing the things and of course like you guys have a great support system but I remembered you telling me how you just make it a priority to get out of the house. And and oftentimes it does happen. And sometimes I can see how, how it can happen for a mother to just like settle into the, the role. And, and you are so right about sometimes you just feel stuck with these kids and and like having them. And um and sometimes it's easier to just like wear something comfortable. Let me just throw on a t-shirt and some leggings and just be comfortable in my house. But there's so much to life than just your children. Your children are a blessing, but there are so many more parts of you. How do you be so intentional about making sure that you take care of yourself and you do the things that feed you? Um, <clears throat> I think there are many different things that kind of help me be intentional about it. Um, Number one, I say a lot of my friends don't have kids. <laughs> so, I mean, that 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 um, definitely makes a difference because, you know, they're still out doing things. And, you know, you kind of want to be a part. You don't want to drift apart or be separate. Um, oh, I can't go because I can't go because that. Um, so I definitely still try to help. I mean, I still try to support any time they have like a, a outing or a birthday dinner or something. Now there are some things that just that may just come with age. Like mm, I'm not going. Like y'all are going. Well, I'm good. But um, I definitely want to just kind of stay in contact. I really feel like friendship is important and just kind of being able to you know support your friends when they have a birthday dinner, they have a, a business opening or baby shower. Um, just kind of being able to go out and fellowship, I think, mm. makes a difference. So I, I am intentional about doing that. Um, and showing support. So I think that's a part of, you know, how I'm able to kind of go out a lot. Um, having a support system definitely does help, um, you know, being able to say, hey, Ma, can you watch the kids for a, a night or a weekend? Definitely does help. Um, but also just making sure that you stay true to who you are. Um, you know, getting older, you go through different phases and you kind of, you know, who you thought you were, who you thought you were going to be, didn't turn out to be who who you are now and, you know, vice versa. But 
um, in all of it, you just want to make sure that you stay true to yourself. Now, if who you are is that stay at home, mother type, nurturing, catering, packed lunch, and I, th- that's great. I mm-hmm. mean, go for it. But for me, that's not the center of who I am. Of course, I'm taking care of my kids. Of course, I'm doing everything that I need to do as a mother. But I want a lot more out of life. I want to travel. I want to have fun. I want to dance. I want to mm-hmm. you know, enjoy. And I don't feel like all of that should stop because I have kids. Mm-hmm. I think that kids just enhance. You grow them up and they should want to do it with you. Or yeah. you, know, you live a life so that they can... You kind of see what this wall has to offer. Like if you're just kind of stuck in the house all day, then, you know, what do they have to look at or what do they have to to look forward to? So I just kind of live my life, not only for myself, but for my kids to see that, you know, life doesn't stop. But let's mm. keep going. There's so much to experience, so much to enjoy. Let's let's go. And when they if that take them places like we actually all went to New York the other day. Um <clears throat> And when they get older, I want us all to be able to travel and, and go places and enjoy ourselves and have fun mm. because I feel like, um, you know, that's what life is about. So all of that I feel is wrapped up into why I'm intentional about just living life and making sure that I stay, <laughs> I guess, on top of the priority of being me. Mm-hmm. That- yeah, that makes total sense. Um the other thing that you mentioned at the beginning is how you are getting your doctorates, you're a realtor, plus you have your, you know, your nine to five as an educator and you're a mother, your wife, your daughter, your sister, your friend, <laughs> you're, you know, a part of a sorority. You do a lot of things. Um, how mm-hmm. do you find balance? How do you not burn out? Um, you know what, the grace of God, to be honest, I, I honestly don't know. I really don't know because to me, that's just life. But it's so funny because when I tell people all the things that I have going on or that I'm doing, they're like, wait, what? Why why are you so busy? And to me, it's just always been, I don't know. I I just always, I just can't sit still or, or just not do anything, which is the weirdest thing. And I think too, now that I'm thinking about it, I think it could be because of how I saw my mom, like, Mm. Growing up, my mom um, has always been a nurse, but she's always also been active in church. She's always, you know, she tried to open, you know, other businesses. I remember she had like a clothing boutique at one time and just um, just doing other things. She was always very helpful. If someone was sick, she was bringing soup or, mm. you know, she was making sure she, she helped whomever needed assistance. That's just always been her. And probably seeing that, you know, I kind of started at a very, very young age, just being busy when I was like in middle school is when I started my my dance ministry mm. group at the church. Um, I think I was like a sixth or seventh grade or something. And so since then, I've been that person that's always been busy or planning or or practicing, um, you know, being a part of uh, the tennis team or the step team or, you know, while I'm going to school and while I'm doing this. So I've just always been that person. And I think just Grown, getting older, I, that's just been instilled in me. I just can't do one thing and just sit still. <laughs> I don't know. And the funny thing is, like, my husband's always just like, "Why are you going so many places? Why do you have so much to do? Why, why are they asking you to help?" And I, like, you know what? I don't know. I don't know why they're asking me to help, but I because they ask, I'm going to help. If I can do it, if I feel like I can help you, I'm in any way, form, or fashion with whatever it is, whether it's buying a house or 
learning how to read or um because i also have an event planning business so if it's oh my god something else whatever it happens to be like i just feel like i want to help because i just feel like support is so important and you i want to be the person that i would like you know to to be reciprocated basically if that makes sense i don't know if i said that in the right way but you know so i just kind of live my life that way like someone needs help i'm helping because i would hope that if i need help they could return the favor and i think all of that just kind of helped me be so busy like my husband at one point was like you probably need to you know open up some sort of life coaching uh, (laughs) that's an idea because everyone calls you for advice like i don't understand why i said you know what i don't know i i am out here winging it too but for some reason (laughs) everyone just calls me for advice and i just think like i said just seeing my mom do all that stuff at a young age, I just feel like maybe that's why <laughs> I'm oh, just picking wow. up the toys where you left off and just rolling with it. I don't know. Oh, that's awesome. That That is awesome. So my last question is, um, because you find the balance in doing everything, and of course, like, you're goal setter, and you go after them, and, and you do the things that, you know, you want to accomplish and things that are very important to you, for some mothers they'll feel as if because they've had children, the time doesn't you know, afford them the capacity to go back to school and get their doctorates. Or they'll feel as if you know, career-wise, they can't be able to, to go after what they want to because they have kids. But obviously, you know, in certain situations or certain ways, it can be done. What advice would you give to someone that has aspirations of starting their own business or becoming a realtor or doing dance or whatever the case may be, what advice would you give them to kind of inspire them to just go for it? I feel like the last part of your sentence would be my advice. Just go Mm -hmm. for it. Go for it. Like you just don't know until you try. Um, I definitely feel like the biggest regret is not trying it all or not trying your best um and everything may not work out everything may not be for you um but you're not going to know that until you try um so i just said just go for it um it, it everything is not easy too and that's i think one thing that i have had to learn i i complain about this all the time i think Honestly, when I started my doctoral degree, I didn't have any children. No children were, were in sight in my mind or anything. And I don't even think I wasn't even engaged yet. So it was just kind of me like I'm going to get this thing done. But then the kids came, the, the husband came, the house came. And it took me a lot longer than I had anticipated to finish. And I'm still trying to finish. But one thing I always say is that I'm not going to quit. So like, mm. this is something that I want to do. And I'm not going to stop until I get it done. Mm. So that's kind of my mentality of how I go about things. If it's something that I want to do, I'm not going to stop until it's done. Mm. And I think a lot of times people get so discouraged because um, you know, there are obstacles because nothing is perfect. Every, everything's not going to be easy. Um, but if it's worth it then it's worth fighting for Mm. to get to it um so i think that would be my advice to someone who needs encouragement just first of all start Mm -hmm. second of all just keep going um and the time one thing too that i always say the time is going to pass regardless Mm. like some people say well i can't do that it's going to take me five years to get it done well 
five years is five years regardless if you do something or not. So you know what I mean? You might as well be doing something. Yes, yes, <laughs> So that yes. at the end of the five Good years, point. there's something to show for it. Yes. Um, so that's kind of my whole thing. And one more thing that I always, that my husband says a lot, which is just resonated with me the very first time I heard him say it, was I'd rather suffer the pain of discipline then suffer the pain of regret. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah, both of them are very painful, mm-hmm. but at least one of them has a reward at the mm. end. Um, and so those out of those three things, like if someone could take something from that, I hope that, you know, they pick up and push forward because at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, when your kids grow up and go to college or get married or whatever, you have to be able to look back on your life and be happy and pleased with how it turned out. Um, and so that that's something too that I definitely find important. Like when my kids grow up and they're all gone, am I going to be happy with who Felicia is mm, in that moment? Love that. That is so, I'm like writing that down. <laughs> <laughs> that is so good. Um, <laughs> okay. So, for people who may be interested in buying a house, getting an event planned, whatever the case may be, where can they find you? Okay, you can definitely find me on social media. I am on Instagram. Um, for my real estate page, it's FW the Realtor. FW the Realtor is my real estate page. For my personal page, if you want to follow me, I welcome followers there too. It's Fifi, F-E-F-E underscore, and then the letter D. And then for my event planning page, it is Pink Carpet Affairs, LLC. Pink Carpet Affairs with an S, LLC. Awesome. On Instagram, yeah. And I'll put all the links in the show notes um, so that people can get your information and follow along. And thank you, Felicia. Such great gems you dropped today. Thank you, girl. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. I definitely enjoyed this. Thank you so much for having me. This has been really fun. First thing in the morning when I wake up. Thank God for life. Look in the mirror, say, bitch, I'm the best, 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 best.